Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash little black book to steal all of my social media secrets. You're listening to the Talk Social to Me podcast by Stevie Says Social. And welcome to episode 50 of the Talk Social to Me podcast. Now, today we are actually talking about something once again that is not social media related. I should probably consider changing the name of this entire podcast considering the topic of the last few podcasts, but I think it is something that it's really important that we have a chat about. And that is the fact at the moment that so many of our marketing efforts are focused online. We are all about digital marketing. We are all about social media. And yes, I agree that social media is amazing. I agree that digital marketing is amazing, but I think that sometimes we forget that there is still so much opportunity in offline initiatives, in traditional marketing, and running live events is one of those. So in today's episode, I am speaking to Jess, who is one half of the commune space, and we're going to chat all about how you can 
use events in your business as both a customer and a marketing experience channel. And more importantly, why you should be considering hosting one in your business. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. So for everyone listening, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Um, So I am one half of the commune space. Um, My background is in event styling. And um, back a few years ago, um, my personal beliefs kind of collided with my uh, profession. I'm a bit of an eco-warrior at heart and there's a lot of excess consumerism and waste involved in the events industry. So um, this is kind of where the commune space was born. So um, we are an eco-events business offering services in one-on-one event strategy, event management, event styling. And uh, my partner, Brenton, he runs the technical production side of things. I love the niche that you're in with the eco side of things. I think it's such an amazing point of difference. Side note, (laughs) I think it's really cool, Jess. And I think just from a marketing perspective, there's so many, you know, event stylists and things out there, but having that and, you know, having that as your point of difference, I think that is so cool. Thank you. We think so too. So you're obviously the perfect person for me to talk to today around how a small business can essentially use event marketing to market their business. So I guess the first question is why small businesses should consider events in their marketing strategy at all? Um, Well, I think put simply, when you host an event, the conversion rate uh, can be a lot quicker. So if you market to a cold uh, lead on Facebook regarding your event, then they buy a ticket, then they're warm. And then by the end of the event, they could be Mm. a hot lead. So you're building that connection um, much faster. It could take months online to build that sort of connection with someone. So they're super valuable in that regard and giving them, um, I think, a full 360 view and experience of your brand as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think we kind of forget with things like social media and digital marketing and don't get me wrong, I love both of those channels, but I think that we forget that, you know, human to human connection. So actually touching base in person, actually networking with people in person, how valuable that is because it's just not as common these days. And I think there's so much value in getting your customers or your potential customers in a room together. And you're so right. It kind of has that uh, effect, I suppose, of, I always use a customer journey, but of really kind of like fast forwarding that customer journey from someone not knowing about you at all to really kind of, you know, if it's a potential customer wanting to work with you straight away or, you know, um, furthering developing, you know, a relationship that you have with an existing customer. So I think it's so, so valuable. So what are, I know, because I've literally been this person before, but <laughs> I've thought about holding my own events in the past and, to be honest, it's something that it's a little bit scary, right? You know, and I'm guessing that's one of the pain points and I guess the reluctances that you might come across with businesses that are potentially thinking about it but aren't too sure. What are some of the other pain points that you kind of come across when you're talking to small businesses about, you know, potentially holding their own events? Um, There's two main uh, pain points here that I hear about. So the first one is around money and budget. 
Um, it's going to cost too much. I'm not going to make any money, that type of thing. Um, so in that regard, I think, first of all, you need to be clear on your objective because not all events are designed to make money. Money yeah. makers. So yeah. if that's what you want to achieve, money and profit at the end of the day, then that's what you should be um, setting your goals towards. But if it's not, if it's to um, make more authentic connections or to bring in long-term leads, then um, you need to consider investing more of your own money. So think of that when, when that is popping up as a fear of yours, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. And there are ways around that too. And you just need to speak about it, share it with everyone. Um, and the second fear is that people won't come. Yes. And again, <laughs> that would be a huge one, wouldn't it? <laughs> It is huge, yeah, and I completely understand that. Um, yeah, but you need to be ruthless in your attempts to share your event with people and be smart with your marketing. Um, share it with, ask other people to share it. There's there's lots of different ways around this, but they're the top two fears, I think, around hosting events. And I think also once you get past that first event, you'll be so much better off for the next one after that. Yeah, and actually I can't wait to chat to you about some ideas around um around event marketing and how you can actually get those ticket sales because it's something that uh, working in social media, I have people approach me a lot specifically around that and ask me questions. So super keen to quiz you on that. We'll get to that in a sec. But I guess um, one of the questions that I have is what sort of events can you consider hosting as a small business? And I suppose along with that, what are the uh, event objectives and outcomes that you can kind of expect from different events? One thing I'm seeing a lot right now with small businesses is that they're kind of reinventing the wheel a bit in terms of event types. So um, they're really identifying the type of experience um, and value that their target audience wants and needs. Mm -hmm. So um, you wouldn't necessarily put it in the basket of a networking event or a panel event. It might be a combination of both those things. Um, So if your objective is to make authentic connection and to expand your audience and that type of thing, um, you need to be thinking about what's going to be valuable for them in that instance. So Mm. is a networking or a connecting type event going to be the right thing? Or if your objective is to make money, you're offering a workshop, how can you make that different and stand out? I always think of, I always talk about the customer journey. And so like the customer journey being the path that someone takes before doing business with you and then also like customer attention afterwards once someone has come on board. And I always think like, I don't know, like I've seen so many different examples. Um, so for example, basic bananas, which is like a, like a marketing agency, they're really good with customer acquisition events. So basically they run these like low cost workshops. I think they're like, they're clearly not making money on it. It's obviously some sort of customer acquisition, but it's, I think it's like $27 a ticket and they run them around the company and uh, sorry, around the country. And they basically upsell their much more expensive marketing programs from those low cost events. And I think that's, I think that's a really cool example of a customer acquisition one. Um, Events are perfect for that too. 
Yeah, aren't they? And then uh, more of a sort of a customer loyalty or reward. I know you were working with my friend, Anita, from WordFetty last year, and she put together a little bit of a Christmas party, which was for her clients and for her business friends and things like that. And I just thought that was such a great way of, you know, I guess the ROI on that is, you know, um, developing relationships really, wasn't it? Exactly right. There was so much buzz in that room and meeting all the um, Insta friends, all your you know the people that you connect with all the time on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot seeing them yeah so yeah that was really fun event yeah I thought that was just such a great idea and yeah it was such a great opportunity for you know even though it wasn't an outward brand building thing for her it was really solidifying all of the relationships that she had with existing clients and existing kind of referral sources and things like that so um and P.S. you did an amazing job with that event I was so impressed (laughs) might have been the five wines I had but I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) yeah um So have you got, I guess, any examples of other successful events that you've run before? Yeah. um, So I worked on um, an event for um, a digger company one time and they were launching these two new diggers, so like the the big caterpillars that you see, um, which, you know, like – when I think about that, it seems a bit boring to me. I did meet a few boys along the way um, who were just mesmerized by the concept, but um, these guys absolutely nailed their brand experience. So um, what we ended up doing, it was an outdoor event and we had these two massive diggers (laughs) which were screened off. Um, And then we did a bit of a kabuki drop, I think is the technical term for this. So the screen drops down to surprise everyone. And these two diggers are all of a sudden moving. They're dancing along to a soundtrack with lighting. And then these fireworks just pop up um, behind the two diggers. It was absolutely amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was such a brilliant plan to launch something and created so much buzz and excitement everyone wanted to buy those diggers me included (laughs) oh that is so cool and it's just an example of doing something a little bit out of the box isn't it exactly yeah yeah I don't know like you kind of think and I definitely have been to plenty of business events that are exactly like this but when you think of you know the events that businesses run you think of those like stale conferences with Mentos on the table and just like absolutely no personality but it doesn't need to be like that does it? Not at all. I'm actually working on a conference later this year that really bucks that trend. It's awesome. Oh really? How exciting. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess the question that I have, look, I'm literally just at the moment very selfishly interviewing you because (laughs) I would love to put on events and I literally have no idea. So I'm just going to fire all of the questions that I have so that hopefully you can help me out with (laughs) the planning for mine. But um, the question that I have, so I've always thought that it would be amazing to put on um, an event for um, prospective students and also current students around social media. And I guess the block that I have is I have no idea what's involved, right? And I have no idea, um, like I I know that it's a lot of work and I know potentially that it's going to cost me money and I'm completely comfortable with all of that, but I don't know where to start. Yeah. um, Okay, so you should start with the date (laughs) and picking the perfect day is um, the 
the first step, I think, in nailing it. Yep. So you need to. So, how far out should you be planning? Uh, I would do minimum eight weeks, depending on what your venue is. If it's a really popular venue, definitely lock that in earlier. But ideally, I think you want to give yourself two to three months to get your strategy locked in place, get the venue locked in um, and that type of thing. Give yourself enough breathing space so that you're not trying mm. to cram it all in and then you yep. can launch the thing you know, to the public and it's not quite ready. Fire festival situation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. So you need the perfect timing. You need the perfect venue. What comes next? Uh, Next, you need to identify your event objective. So this is super important because this sort of shapes where your budget's sitting, um, what your event entails, the content, the experience, Mm -hmm. um, that type of thing. So you need to make sure you're super clear on your objective and then listing out what your event goals are as a result of that. Yeah, that's so interesting you say that because that's pretty much the exact same advice that I give to social media people around having social media objectives and goals attached to it. Yeah, and I think it's often overlooked when you're thinking about an event and that's mm. where you, you have these expectations that maybe don't align with what you're actually trying to achieve. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, next up is brand experience. So you need to... Um, Think about your event from the point in time where the consumer buys the ticket. It needs to be an easy process for them. Send them follow-up emails. Make sure you're reminding them the day before their ticket's attached in the email, that type of thing. Don't make them go searching through your emails to find the ticket or the venue or whatever it is. Make that an- Oh, that's so funny you say that. I've done that before. Yes. It's the morning of the event and I'm madly trying to find like a park and I'm trying to find, you know, <laughs> where the venue is and I'm running 10 minutes late and yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's such a common thing. So if you send that out again, you know, the day before, it makes it so much easier. Um, and then yeah. you need to consider the welcome the middle and the end of the event how are you injecting your brand so what do you mean by that um so for uh business chicks is probably a good example of um this one i recently recently went to um nine to thrive and at the welcome gates they had a lineup of um lovely ladies who were there welcoming everyone handing out brochures but they did more than that they engaged in conversation with you and they were there the whole day Mm. so it's just you need to make sure that whatever your list out what your brand personality is and think about yes. how you're achieving that in your event. So if your event's fun, like um, the diggers we were just talking about, fireworks, dancing, you know, machinery, that type of thing. If your brand is um, thoughtful and calm, then maybe you start the day with a meditation or, um, you know, some affirmations or something like that. Think about how your brand's mm present and make sure it's really strong at the start and the finish of the event because that's where the first and last impressions are I'm guessing exactly right yeah yeah it's so interesting you don't even notice I don't think when you go along to events those little bits and pieces like you don't outwardly kind of even notice them and I think it's only when you're looking back and you're kind of like thinking you know I really loved that event and you're trying to put your finger on why and it's all those little bits and pieces that aren't even necessarily tangible hey that's so true if you were just to arrive at Mm. an event and walk into the room and that was it you sit down and you wait for the panel to start speaking or whatever it is you're not going to have a very fond memory of that so 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I would be really, really mindful of. So if I was holding my own event, you know, and it's so interesting until you said it, it's not something that I even really thought about, but what I would really want is for people to come away from it and go, you know what, that was such an amazing experience because it's almost like your brand working in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's almost like the outward representation of your brand. So if people come along to your event and they leave feeling inspired or like they had a whole heap of fun or it was really uplifting, you know what I mean? That just reflects so positively on people's perception of your brand and your business, doesn't it? It really does. The number of times I I've left an event and started searching immediately, you know, on the web, their website, um, you know, what services they offer, following them on social media, the people that I've met as well. That's another part of the experience. Mm. It's just, yeah, there's so much involved, but yep. yeah. Have you checked out the social shop yet? If not, you're going to want to head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash shop right now. Why? Well, because social media is time consuming, but you don't need to reinvent the wheel. The social shop has all of the templates and resources you need to make your social media life easier. I have done all of the hard work for you from social media style guide templates to caption templates, Instagram post creative templates, checklists, tracking spreadsheets, and more. It's all in the social shop waiting for you to use. And I have got a present exclusively for Talk Social to me listeners. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash shop now and enter Talk Social to me at the checkout for 10% off your first purchase. Don't say I don't help you guys. Head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash shop to shop now. A really good example of an event that I spoke at last year was... um. My friend Clarissa has, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, the Happy Family Lawyer. I have. So she's a, what's that? Oh, sorry. I have. Um, we have yeah. mutual friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's awesome. But um, she flips traditional law on its head, I guess. And her whole kind of objective with her side business, she's actually got a family law um, center as well. But her side business is a happy family lawyer and she holds a conference every year. Uh, and the objective is basically bringing lawyers together to make them feel really happy and feeling really fulfilled in their profession, which I think is amazing because I'm an ex lawyer and I was the most miserable (laughs) lawyer ever. And I always say to her, I wish she was around a few years ago, but, um, but her conference was such an amazing reflection of her brand and her brand personality, which is really fun, really vibrant. So like, you walked into the room, it was down at Peppers in Kingscliff. You walked into the room and the lighting was kind of this like pink color. There were like huge, big, like stuffed animals and stuff. I think that were up on the stage, just completely unlike any law conference you would ever come across. And everyone had come really brightly dressed and Clarissa was in really bright clothes. And it was just such a cool experience and completely outside the norm. And I think for her, you know, what she most likely got out of that conference was number one, the people who were her existing customers, which most of those people were, they were within her Happy Family Lawyer Club. It really kind of brought them together. I'm guessing it made it would have, you know, developed relationships and made them want to stay on and just really positively reinforced what she was already doing in her business in a way that doing the day-to-day business wouldn't have been able to achieve. 
That is exactly right. It sounds like she nailed her brand experience, but um, yeah, you're exactly right. that It reinforces the reason why you want to be connected with this person. Yes, 100%. Um, And the other thing as well, like with that event and a lot of events in general is I also find that one of the biggest, I guess, benefits of holding events is that, and you've kind of already said it before, but for example, I spoke at that event and I had just was just about to launch my social media course and just from speaking at that event, so many people came across and ended up joining me in the social media course, for example. And I think it's just such a great way of showcasing your expertise in a way that makes people trust you and want to do business with you. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it does. It builds the trust, creates social proof, um, and it's an awesome opportunity to collaborate. And it sounds like you had a great experience there. I did. (laughs) Stop talking about Clarissa's event now. (laughs) Um, So, okay, so we've done timing. We've done event goals and objectives, brand experience, which is really, really important. What comes next when you're looking at putting together your own event? Um, Event budget is the next step in the puzzle. Um, So you need to work out your break-even point when you're looking at your budget. And if you don't know that number, then you're kind of flying blind. And a lot of people just have this figure in their mind, I need to sell this many tickets or this is how many tickets I need to sell until I'm sold out. But what Mm -hmm. you really need to know is your break-even point because it will bring down the stress levels a little bit. You'll know know your numbers um, and that's, that's really important. So, yeah, I always recommend doing a dummy budget even before you started the event planning process. Just put together a dummy mm. budget that um, guesses what the line items will total just so that you have that figure in mind. So you have expectations there and you've got, you can kind of see from the outset if it's a feasible um, activity for you to be doing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Numbers are not my strong point at all. So (laughs) I think probably the benefit of even working with an event planner like yourself is you would have so much visibility and knowledge around what to expect in terms of, you know, the cost and the budget of particular things that you might be looking at doing. Yes, that's like uh, first meetings. I always get asked, the question, um, how much is it going to cost me? Yes. And I'm expected to just come up with a figure on the top of my head, which I mean, <laughs> I can do, but don't hold me to it. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. Yeah. And then I guess like, it depends, like, you know, uh, how big do you want your event to be? Like, how do you want to decorate it? Like how long is a piece of string, you know? Exactly. I'm actually finding this complete side note, but, um, wedding planning. So I got engaged over two years ago. (laughs) I'm kind of like considering wedding planning at the moment, but it's very similar to holding an event, right? There's so much involved in kind of going through an event planning budget, trying to work out what you can do and what you can't do. And I guess the importance of knowing what your event goals and objectives are come into play then too because you can kind of see what's necessary and what's probably fluff and potentially doesn't need to be included. Exactly. Weddings are a perfect example of that. Um, a lot of people do things just because it's tradition or it's expected. Yeah. Like um, I can't even say this word properly, but bonbonnery or however you say it. <laughs> I, know what you mean. Yeah. I think they're just a bit redundant. You know, it's it's a waste of money and it's mm-hmm. something that they probably don't really need, you know. It's, yeah. 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 
Yeah. So what do you think when you're putting together an event budget? What are the not like if you're going to really invest your money anywhere, where do you think that you really need to be um, investing your money? Like, What are the most important things to kind of consider including? I would definitely nail your venue. Um, make sure it's easy yes. to access. Uh, there's free parking available and it just has the, the right vibe and atmosphere and space that you need. So I think that's mm. the number one important thing. Um, Parking's important, isn't it? Oh, especially in Brisbane. <laughs> mm, yeah. It can be awful in Brisbane and that's the worst. If you start your day at your event, um, you know, rushing around because you couldn't find a car park, it's not going to set the right tone for the event. So um, yeah. accessibility. So how do you go about finding how do you go about venue hunting? Well, for me, I guess I've got a bit of a repertoire. Um, you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the answer is work with an event planner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or um, another tip, if you're not working with an event planner, check out vlogs. So I know Hampton Event Hire um, and Gathering Events, I'm pretty sure they have both got blog posts up that recommend venues. So Even if you're not using an event planner, but you're using another event supplier of some description, they might be able to recommend um, venues to you as well. Look at what other people have done. Um, Yeah, Mercy Event Space in Hawthorne, which I know you've been to before, is such a hot venue for small business owners at the moment. Um, Yeah, so. Yeah, I've noticed it everywhere. So this is for the Brisbane guys in Australia. (laughs) But, um, but, yeah, so. so the word Fetty Christmas party, which some of the listeners would have been to last year, some would have no idea what I'm talking about, but that was held at Mercy Event Space. And I've actually been to a couple of workshops there since. And what I love about that venue is that it's really light and bright. It's um, perfectly located in the sense that it's not right in the city. So you can drive there. There's parking around there. It's just like, it's an easy venue, isn't it? It is. And they're really flexible and lovely people to work with. So they really got it all going on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what are some of the other things that you would invest your money in? So venues are most important. Um, Second to that, and this might come as a surprise. It's definitely not food and Bev. Um, and that's namely mm. because I go to so many events where, um, or I work with people in events where they're paying for um, their audience to have drinks for the entire duration of the event, or they put on this massive spread of food, but then people are so wrapped up in talking that they A, don't eat and B, they go to the bar expecting to pay for their drink. They don't expect Mm. to have a tab running. So um, I wouldn't focus your efforts there unless that really aligns with your brand experience. I would put your money in um, bringing to life your brand experience, whatever that is. So if that's the event Mm. styling or bringing on um, a DJ, for example, or speakers or whatever that entails, that would be where I would put your money next. So venue first yeah. and then nailing that brand experience. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Okay, so we've got timing, event goals, <laughs> brand experience, budget. What comes next? The final piece of the puzzle is your marketing strategy and probably one of the most important steps. Um 
and as you would know this already, but yeah, marketing your event is the key to success. If you, yes, um, I love talking about it. So I think the key piece of advice I have is to maintain your confidence. And I know it's hard, but just keep in mind, we're all human. So there's always an uptake in ticket sales at the beginning when you first go on sale and then at the end, because we're all lazy. We don't want to commit to a time. Um, so there's, there's always a lull in the middle. So you have to maintain confidence and keep talking about it, keep sharing it. Um, go hard, be ruthless. Don't worry about, um, people thinking that you're, you know, you're just banging on and on and on about this event. You need to be out there talking about it. Go to other events and meet new people and talk about it there. You know, they're on that event high already, so leverage that. Um, yeah, mm. so nail your marketing strategy. And if it's not your strong point, I would highly recommend outsourcing it. It's hard, isn't it? Because there's so much work involved in creating an event and putting together the bits and pieces for it and actually planning it and all of that side of it. And that's kind of only half your job done, isn't it? Because the marketing side is the selling it and getting people to come along to it. So it's just like, you know, when you start thinking about that side of it, like I know the people that have come to me specifically with questions around events, you know, it's so overwhelming and, you know, they put so much work into the creation side that, you know, they really want people to come along, but it's also just as much work to kind of market and, and launch it. And you need to hundred percent, you're right. You need to have a strategy around it. Yeah, that's right. So what do you recommend? How do you sell tickets to events? Um, FOMO. That's my favorite term. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. <laughs> so I recommend having two FOMO strategies in place for the start when you go on sale and then at the end um, when, you know, a week or two before the event goes live. So Mm -hmm. um, you really want to create that scarcity and make it, you know, the value seem like they absolutely have to go, you know. You want to illustrate that clear as day from the get-go. So one thing that I, a friend of mine did recently, which I really loved was she shared in Instagram stories, um, who was going along to the event. So for someone like me who fangirls very easily, (laughs) I (laughs) saw this list of names and I was like, oh my God, I know this person through Instagram. I really want to meet them. Um, so that was what got me across the line. I bought the ticket because I wanted to meet this other person that I knew was going. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good strategy, actually. Do you know, actually, I've done that before at an Interactive Minds event. I they actually released the guest list of people that are going, you know, um, it's just sitting on the website and you can see the networking opportunities, which is such a good incentive to do it. Yeah, it's genius. I think mm. um, especially with how close the social media community is um, in today's day and age. Yeah. So did you say you had another FOMO example? Um, so I guess your standard FOMO, (laughs) FOMO strategies is, you know, like gift bags or early bird periods, but don't do, I don't recommend doing, um, a a set number of early bird tickets. I think you should keep it to a window of time so that they have that time period to buy it. And then after that, it's going, um, you know, back up to full price and maybe consider giving a freebie along with the cheaper early bird price as well. So they're getting that little bit extra, um, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how much do you recommend discounting by? Because it can be a hard line, obviously, you still need to make a profit, but you want to get those early sales. That really comes down to budgeting. I think if you're if you're making a profit on your event and you know that from the get-go, then bring it down to where you feel comfortable. I don't think there's any um, hard and fast. Like a set yeah, amount. Yeah, exactly. If you're not, um, if your objective isn't to make a profit on the event, then be careful about that. That needs to, you know, you really need a line item um, in your budget there to, um, I guess, allocate free tickets or or a loss there with your um, mm. ticket sales. Yeah. So just make sure that that's all accounted for, I think, in your budget. Yeah, I get asked a lot about early birds and I'm definitely not the expert, but I was really curious because I know even just with my own behavior around events, like when you were saying people buy either right at the very outset or just before, you know, um, the sales close, I am that person. Like I literally will either buy early bird or I buy at 11.59 p.m. before sales close and there is no in between. And I think that's just human behavior, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's nothing about you, I think. Don't take it personally and that's where I see people lose their confidence um really quickly Mm. and then they just talk about it for the remainder they kind of give up but don't give up don't give up I think another thing as well just thinking out loud is like one of the reasons that I kind of get sold on going to a particular event is if I see what it's like. So, and I think it would be really hard for people that are holding, you know, their first event or whatever, because they don't have, you know, and I think it's probably something that you'd recommend, but, you know, having, you know, videography of the event and photography so that the next time you go and you're marketing it, people can see what it's like before actually purchasing. Yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend that for your first event. And even, um, perhaps consider not having the objective of making a profit on your first event and using it as mm. an experiment um, and a time to, yeah, get that collateral going, get the photos, the videos. And then post-event, if you have done your job right, there will always be um, event FOMO afterwards. So people who didn't buy tickets, who wish that they had because people are talking about it and they're seeing the photos mm. that are there. So maybe consider opening up a wait list for the next event or um, already have the date set and locked in so that they can already buy tickets, you know, once that starts to hit. So leverage that time post-event. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. I know Social Media Marketing World, it's a conference in the US, but they actually sell tickets for the next year's event at that year's event and it's like a huge discount to buy a ticket but then they're locking in sales for the next year's event you know what I mean I think it's so clever yeah you always want to make sure you're sending them somewhere whether or not it's the next event or somewhere else make sure you're yeah leveraging that high that everyone's on yeah (laughs) totally you've got me excited now (laughs) I want to plan an event (laughs) yay help me. You actually have a challenge coming up, don't you? I do. Yeah. Um, so it's the party starter challenge and it's basically, we're going to map out, um, your roadmap to event success. So we'll touch on those five things that, um, we just spoke about before and hopefully that will give you the confidence, um, going forward to move ahead with these plans. So take, the idea of hosting an event out of the one day basket and put it in the today basket. 
Yeah, I love that. I'm definitely going to be doing that challenge. (laughs) I think you're so right. It is one of those things, you know what, it's been on my to-do list, not even on my to-do list. It's been on my wish list as something that I'd like to do. But um, when we were talking about pain points earlier, like I have all of those fears. I'm like, what if nobody comes along? What if it's a bad event? What if I lose a bucket load of money? You know, like it's just, it can be really overwhelming thinking about all of those things. So you stay in your comfort zone. So um yeah so that's exciting when's the challenge starting it starts on monday the 25th um so yeah sign up via our website tell your friends it's going to be awesome and we've also got a facebook um page happening as well so you can get in there and um connect with other people who are going down the same path they've got the same fears as you as well so yeah we can um come together and get through it all (laughs) Love that. So I think this podcast we're recording on Friday. I think it's going live on Tuesday. So if anyone um, wants to join a day late, that's completely fine, isn't it? Or a couple of days late. Absolutely. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I feel like you pumped me up. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, so thank you, Jess. That was awesome. Is there any kind of final advice for anyone that's looking at potentially doing it or anything? that we've missed out that we haven't chatted about that you wanted to mention before we finish off one of my favorite quotes is start before you're ready so events um they're always going to be a scary thing for anyone so you just need to get in there and do it do the work have a strategy in place and you'll get through it the first one's always harder than um what happens next so yeah just get through that first one and you will be fine. Amazing. I love it. (laughs) And what's your website for people that do want to join? Um, So you can find us at www.thecommunespace.com.au and just head to the menu uh, free challenge. Amazing. And on Instagram as well. You need to check out Jess's Instagram. It's so colorful and fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jess. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problems. Now, for anyone um, that wants to check Jess and the challenge out, I will be in there. If you're a little bit late, I think it's completely fine to join. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You'll be notified when new episodes go live every single Tuesday. And that is it for me. See you later, guys. Mm-hmm.